I just feel so lonely. I wonder if she's ever going to text me back. so much. Why am I so anxious all the time? What should I have for dinner today? I'm so worried just about breathe. that job interview. Just breathe. I really should work out today. I just can't catch a break. Would you love me? Just if try to really relax. Me? I can't just keep breathe. doing this. Just breathe. I just, I just feel so lonely. I'm so worried about that. Why am I so anxious? I wonder if she's breathe. Good morning. It's good to be here with you this morning. Uh, I haven't done this in a while. Um, my friend Tim, you remember him. He's the guy that's up here usually. Um, Tim and I have been a pastor's uh, prayer group for a long time, and we have really got to know each other and appreciate each other. And so I appreciate him giving me this opportunity to uh, share. I haven't done this in over a year, so I'll already ask you for my prayers. So. Um, how important is it about what you think about? Now, we have all kinds of thoughts every day. Millions of them, probably, if you counted them. And it is easy to get distracted with all types of thoughts. In fact, this morning, um, most of us, if not all of us, came in here with a burden on our mind. A lie, something that has happened that we have believed, a negative thought, a down thought, something that has happened in our past, something that someone has said to us that has now become something. In fact, it has been said that the person that you are is the sum of what you think. It's kind of an overwhelming task, isn't it? That all of these things that you think about yourself is what you end up becoming. So it sounds like that these thoughts that we allow into our mind are extremely important, that maybe there's some burdens that we are carrying from our thought life that we need to shed, especially those ones that are lies. And maybe if you're like me and most of us, it's not even easy to understand the difference of a lie and the truth, which is which that comes into our mind. We need help. I remember when I first became a pastor and I went and had all the training and I looked at all these things about how to bring God's truth into people's life and I thought, well, this is going to be easy. I mean, all you have to do when you read the scriptures and you understand God, all you have to do is take this truth, plug it into your life, and it will work. And it's the truth. It is that simply that easy is that you do this. And I thought, well, how hard can this thing be? <laughs> and then I discovered an overwhelming thing that when it comes to bringing God's truth into our minds, some people don't want the truth. Some people rather have a lie. I remember a, a specific lady that I had met. She had some bad things happen to her. Please hear me. I want you to say that she clearly had had some things happen. Now, in the whole scope of her life, she had some supportive family, supportive friends, and, and the things that had happened to her, I clearly knew a lot of people that had had worse things happen to them. But yet, she was living a miserable life. She was discouraged, depressed, constantly coming to us for all kinds of help. 
And so I sat down with her on numerous occasions and tried to help her plug in how to do forgiveness, how to stop thinking about that, how to move on into victory. I, this is where you need to go. And finally, she looked at me with knuckles as white as could be, and she said, Pastor, I remember everything bad that has ever happened to me, and I'm going to continue to do so. And she did. And she was miserable. She died when she was 38 years old. I think the actual medical report said something about heart failure. You know what the truth was? Lies killed her. The lies that she had believed in her mind destroyed her and her health and their family and everyone else around her. How can this be? Well, there's something inside of us called the sin nature, and it draws us. Take a look with me here in Romans chapter 1 and verse 25. They exchanged the truth about God for a lie. Wow. I mean, if you were at a flea market and you said, uh, give me about 25 pounds of lie and a few ounces of deception, I want these in my mind. That's what these people are doing. They're exchanging. They want a lie, and they're willing to trade it for God's truth, all right? And they worshiped, and they served creative things rather than the creator who is forever praised. Amen. What they did was is that people who want to believe lies are constantly trying to figure out how to make the most out of the things around them. They concentrate on the stuff around them instead of God. They will seek answers to problems, not the answer giver. They will seek to have as much creative stuff as they can to understand about the creator. And it's a real trap that happens to us in our minds is that we exchange the truth of God for a lie. We don't want to do this. This is not healthy. This will lead us into bad places in our life. These people who are living and believing in these lies continue to look for ways to enhance it. In fact, what psychologists tell us is this, is that you have a tendency to remember an event the last way you thought about it instead of the way it really happened. Your mind deceives you. Into believing, so, you know, for me as a fisherman, you know, that fish that I caught was that big. <laughs> All right? We, we tell the story so many times, we rehearse it, that it becomes so distorted in our lives that we no longer have the truth. So some of these things that people have said to you, some of these things that people have done, are so distorted by this time because you've rehearsed them over and over again. And so, like too many people, that happens to us when we believe a lie and we're trying to live a good life. We want to look good in this world. We want to do well in this life. Lies lead us to discouragement and depression, and therefore we want people to feel sorry for us. Or we begin to look for lies and faults in others so we can feel superior to that person and somehow make ourselves feel good about the fact, well, at least I'm not like such and such. 
Instead of allowing love and allowing God's forgiveness to permeate into our lives and rise us up, the voice that God is calling us to is truth. What Tim asked me to do is to introduce Headspace. This is a four weeks, uh, four series, I think, I haven't quite counted it up, on how to win the battle in your mind. I'm excited to hear him preach on it just as much as I have enjoyed putting this together. I think this, this event that we're going to be talking about over these next few weeks is such life-changing, and everyone needs it. Everyone needs to know how to get out of their own head. Everyone needs to figure out how to live the kind of truth that will be able to set them free. Let me tell you some things that people are walking around here with. Someone told you, someone got you to believe that your body size dictates whether or not you can be happy. Now, isn't that something? You know, when you go to the doctor and they ask you to, you know, they always say, can I, can I take your weight? And I say, yeah, please, and keep it, right? <laughs> yeah, because we are worried. In fact, the Bible says that the Lord abhors a dishonest scale. I had a good doctor friend. I put that passage right over his scale, okay? Is that, we, how did that happen? How did it happen that a number on a digital readout says, oh, you're a bad person? How did this happen? And we go around and we're trying to figure out how do we have success? And, and, and this just doesn't work, does it? It isn't the truth that that has anything to do with who you are as a person. Your happiness has nothing to do with a digital readout. We are going around and we think, well, you know, my hair isn't this or I'm not good looking. I am not smart enough. I didn't get these grades in school. I never got this job. I never got this opportunity. You know, somebody did this to me and I'll never forgive them. And all of this stuff just comes pouring down into our brain. We rehearse it and make ourselves into a bad person who is miserable. It's time to let it go. Let me tell you another lie. Another lie that happens to us is this. Go ahead and do it. It, it, it. It'll be just fine. You deserve it. I mean, after all, everyone does it. You've heard this lie, right? And because you are an expert at talking yourself into anything, you know exactly what to do to make it be okay, you believe that lie... And then you do it. And let me tell you something very sad. Is that as a Christian, we hear the voice of God during these times. We are all experts at this. Because we know we feel guilty. We feel bad. We feel that conviction coming from the Holy Spirit that's saying, don't do this. There's nothing good there. We identify God's voice quite clearly during those times. We're experts. And then let me tell you the second lie that you hear after that one. After you have done what you, no, you shouldn't, I've done, we've all done. And you call yourself a Christian. You are a miserable wretch. How dare you think that you could get away with? How dare you think that that was okay? You have ruined your life forever. These are lies. These are untrue. 
those words do not come from God. Once you begin to identify and you begin to comprehend where you're going, then you begin to make changes in your life. And you begin to see things for the way they are. You know, the Bible said here that people are worshiping the created things instead of the creator. They're moving off into the wrong direction. I want to put this in an absurd way just for a moment. I want to show you just how stupid lies are, okay? Let's just lay them right out like this. If you had a good friend, or would you want your friend to introduce you this way and say, this is my really good friend. They're two dress sizes different than me. You know, this is my really good friend. You know, let me show you their W-2 form. Here's how much money they make. We're really close. You know, have you, you, know, you need to make friends with my friend. Look at the house they live in. Look at the car they drive. Isn't that stupid? You wouldn't ever want anybody to introduce you that way, nor would you want to introduce anybody that way. But in our mind, somehow, we take these categories, these lies, and we keep them, and they think they have something to do with who we are and our happiness and their lies. They are untrue. We know it, but yet we haven't believed it. We haven't gained that perspective. The real truth is this, and if you had a friend, would you want your friend to introduce you and say, this is my really good friend. They have been such an encouragement to me. This friend doesn't judge me. This friend cares for me. This friend prays for me. This friend knows how to speak God's truth and love to me. This friend is there for me. This friend is not judging me. This friend has not been making me to feel guilty. This friend knows the word of God. This person is loyal. There's some truth in it. Be that friend. And then attract those friends to be for you. Allow godly truth to permeate into your life, into forgiveness. Allow God's truth to help you through. One of the people, uh, one of the men came up to me and was talking to me about the, the sermon. And, and uh, um, I appreciated his words. And he, he said, you know, he said, something I realized today. I get lied to every day. Every day. Something tells me I'm not a good person. Something inside of me, I hear voices constantly every single day of thoughts I should not have. And I said, welcome to the human race. This is the way it is for everybody. You're no different. That's a lie. Everybody goes through this stuff. Everybody has to deal with it. Why? Let's take a look here at what the Bible says. Bring it up, Bo, John chapter 8 here. Look at you belong to your father, the devil. That's interesting. We saw. Did you see the two people? He's talking to the Pharisees, the religious leaders, okay? There, are, there is the devil and then the people who work with him, who believe what he is saying is the right thing. So every single day, you're going to have to go up against all this adversary of this evil that is out there and his cohorts and even the sin nature. I mean, it's amazing we make it. We have got a whole team of these people out there, and you want to carry out your father's desire. He was a murderer from the beginning and not holding to the truth, for there is no truth in him when he lies. He speaks his native language, for he is a liar and the father of lies. That's how Jesus would introduce the devil. Uh, this is the father of lies. Uh, you know who he is, right? He, he talks to you every day. 
He's going to get you to be convinced about stuff in your life that is absolutely, positively not true. Mature Christians recognize this. They go and they get up every single day and they decide in their mind, okay, I'm going to be lied to, I'm going to have things that are going to come to me that are not of God and I need to choose, I'm going to need your strength, I'm going to need your help today, Father, to overcome whatever the nonsense is going to be about whatever's going to come about me. I've got to be conscious of the fight or the battle that's in it and there's a whole lot that's at stake there's a whole lot at stake about your self-esteem and about who you are and what's going on. Satan not only wants you to believe the lies, he wants you to live them out. He wants you to start living as if it is the truth. The problems begin to develop as our spiritual problems, our physical problems, our health problems. As we begin to hurt more and more because of lies... We can discover there's a real truth. I do not have to live in discouragement. I do not have to put other people down. You know that person you compare yourself to? Stop it. If God wanted you to be that person, he'd have made you to be that person. Hey, God wants you to be you. He made you for a reason, and he's got all these wonderful plans that are made for you so that you can be that person that shows other people what it looks like to love and to care for. You know, these other people who go around, they, they don't understand hope. They don't understand truth. So what we got to decide is, okay, that's a lie. Now, that takes some work. You're going to have to understand Scripture. You're going to have to be around godly people. You're going to have to understand, okay, that's a lie, and I don't want that lie in my mind anymore, okay? God will make this clear to you. Take a look with me at what Jesus wants us to understand in John chapter 14 and verse 6. He says, he says Jesus answered, I am the way, the truth, and the life. In other words, Jesus is going to lead us to the correct way of thinking. He's going to lead us with truth. He's going to teach us that we have eternal life. Isn't that great? If I came up with a pill, I know we got some medical people in here. I mean, if, if a pharmaceutical salesman came and said, I got a pill, and you will never die, all you got to do is take this pill and you'll never die. I bet we could sell them. I bet that it would become so popular the factories would run dry trying to make those pills because nobody wants to die. I got good news for you. I know where that pill is. In fact, it doesn't come in a pill. It comes in the form of living water. Isn't that great? And you see, I plan to never die. I'm not going to. I'm going to live forever in eternity. And you know what? All of the garbage and all the stuff, it is going to go away. Because I've come to Jesus. He is the way, the truth, and the life. And the simple answer is this. If you want to live forever, you've got to have Jesus. There is no other answer. You've got to have that solid relationship with him. He's going to lead you into truth. 
He's going to give you supernatural powers. You're going to be able to watch your prayer life transform. One of, the, one, of the, one of the most joyful things I have watched, golly people, can you name a time when you prayed for something specifically and you saw it? If that hasn't happened, have I got good news for you. If you will learn to start really transforming your life in obedience before God, you're going to see results in your prayer life. All you got to do is figure out what God is leading you to do, start praying about it, and it'll happen. Oh, no, come on. I'm telling you. He says, anything you ask in my name, you know you'll have it. He didn't just say that just to write down something for wishy-washy. He told you how to live your life. Now, all you got to do is adjust the desires in your heart, start moving towards his will, start praying about it, and you'll see results. I've watched God do amazing things. Now, it's scary sometimes. It can be real scary sometimes because God, <laughs> but you can do stuff that you could never have done by yourself. There was a lady that I knew that she had had some really hard problems. And she made the decision that she was just going to be totally obedient to the Lord. I'm, whatever you want me to do, I'm going to learn to listen very closely, and I'm not going to be afraid. I'm going to do what you want me to do. We had an outreach. We had designed a program and had a thing and put a lot of advertisement into it, challenging people to reach out to people. She came to me and she said, God's asking me to do something that's going to be really hard. I said, well, good thing you don't do it by yourself. God's going with you, right? Yeah. God wants me to invite my ex-husband, who had not done very well by her, and his new wife to this outreach. Total forgiveness, total reaching into people's lives. I mean, this just doesn't sound good, does it? That's wrong. But she said, I know God wants it. You know what? She did. And she helped her ex-husband find forgiveness and him admitting that he had done wrong and helped disciple his wife. I would look out in the pew for years and see all of them sitting together. That's God. He'll get you to do stuff you never thought possible you could do. You just got to believe the truth, and you just got to understand where he's going and what he's going to lead you to do, and you're going to be able to do things that you would have said would have been impossible because we live for the God who works in the impossible, who does the things. This whole understanding of believing a lie, she could have easily said, well, that'll never work, or I hate him, or none of this stuff. She simply said, okay, God, you want me to do it? That's it. I'm going to do it. It's the truth because you said you're the way, the truth, and the life, and I'm going to do it. That's it. It's just simple. This power of lies can get deep. Now, it's going to take God for you and me to overcome these lies. It's just going to flat take him. Because these lies are powerful in our lives, and we've been, some of us have been carrying them around and carrying these burdens for a long time, and they're really deep-seated. And we're just, we're just going to need God to be able to help. Let me tell you, you're going to need help. These lies are powerful. They've come from people that we trusted. 
But if you're going to overcome it, you're going to need God's help. You're going to have to get to him. You're going to ask to have to him to give you the truth so that you can overcome it. These lies ruin Claudia's life. Do you really think that's what her mom wanted? But somehow she had believed lies, and she was passing the hurt of her lies on to her daughter. I mean, how in the world does it make sense to tell someone tearing them down on a regular basis? I've been around these people, haven't you? They think the best thing to do is to tell other people everything wrong with them. Please don't be one of them, okay? And get away from them. Let me tell you something that's a real praise. Tammy and I have been here for a year. We've been here for a year. And in that whole year, no one has told us anything bad about anybody. Isn't that great? Yeah, I mean, that's even you, right? Okay, just to let you know, if you were getting that, yeah, even you. Nobody's told us anything bad about you. That's what God's family is supposed to be. We build each other up. We encourage each other. We are here working to help bring the voice of truth into our lives. I, I said earlier, we all know when God speaks to us when we're about to do something we shouldn't do. We're all experts at that voice. We know it real well. Let me tell you something very sad. That is such a small part of what God says to us. God is constantly building us up. God is constantly looking for the things in our life that need to be brought up so that we can be the very best that we can be. He's looking. In fact, if you will listen to God, he's going to tell you the things he's proud of you in your life. Really? Yeah. Isn't that great? Well, I haven't heard that. Well, you're not listening. Because that's God's voice. He loves to encourage us. He loves to talk about the good things. In fact, yeah, he could talk. I mean, if God wanted to talk to me about my bad stuff, he could got a whole long list. You know, he talks to Tammy, I think, okay? But I'm just telling you, that's not what he wants to talk about. He wants to talk about the things he's proud of. You know why? Because it works. Take a look at the attitude of God here with me in 2 Chronicles 16.9. For the eyes of the Lord range throughout the earth to strengthen those whose hearts are fully committed to him. When you get up every single day, what God is looking for is ways to improve you, ways to strengthen you. And he's going to do that by encouraging you to say, you know, yesterday when you forgave that person, or yesterday when you learned this in Scripture, or yesterday when you prayed for that person, or yesterday when you helped and you got active and you did, all of those things, great, I'm so happy, I'm so proud of you, you did really well, you're on the right way here. He's going to say, okay, let's keep going. He's going to find ways to encourage you because that's what he does. He's out there looking for ways to strengthen us, to encourage us. So what happens is, as we begin to change our perspective on how we're going to go and to get to, with God. Now, I'm going to show you a passage. I, I've, I thought about a sermon I want to do on this. I would, if I was going to do a sermon on this passage, I would entitle it, Your Second Most Important Day. Now, what was your first important day? Well, that was the day you decided to love Jesus or not, first important day. Your second most important day is this day right here. Take a look with me here in Scripture, okay? If anyone builds on this foundation, meaning Jesus, using gold, silver, or costly stone. In other words, everybody who says, I love Jesus, and I'm going to put my 
best effort into building on what I know about Jesus. This is good stuff. I'm going to take my best and I'm going to give it to Jesus, all right? Or hay, wood, and straw. Their work will be shown for what it is because the day will bring it to light. It will be revealed with fire and the fire will test the quality of each person's work. So what God's going to do is going to say is there's going to be all kinds of people that are going to bring everything before God. You know, the people who are working in the nursery today, if you haven't figured this out, they get a lot of rewards. You know, they're in there fighting the good fight of doing that because they're going to be giving it. You know, the person who is talking bad about somebody else to say, what did you hear? Do you know what they did? That was Haywood and Stubble and Jesus is going, oh, please stop that. I'm going to bring that up here, and i got to throw it away. Take a look here at my next verse here. If what has been built survives, the builder will receive a reward. When you bring all this stuff to Jesus on this day of judgment, and he looks at it and goes, yep, that's good, and here's your rewards. And by the way, did, you did know, okay, you, you do know this, that there are different levels of reward in heaven. It is a lie to believe that everyone in heaven is equal. Jesus loves everyone equal, but their reputation and who they are and what they accomplished is going to be different for those who invested into it differently. That's just the flat truth. Okay, it's a lie to believe believe the others. If it if it is burned up, the builder will suffer loss, but. Yet he will be saved even though as one escaping through the flames. There are going to be a lot of people that are going to bring a lot of junk to Jesus that they thought, you know, I thought, you know, Lord, I really thought the very best thing to do was for me to tell my daughter how fat she is. I was doing it for her own good. Uh-oh. <laughs> you did what? Throw that away. We'll never remember that anymore. We're going to cast that out. You know, I tried to tell that person they would never amount to anything. I told them over and over again that you're just like your dad. You did what? Throw that away. I saw that child that was looking really discouraged, that was having a hard time in school and no friends. I went up to them and told them that God loves them and that he had purpose for their lives and he was going to do great things in their life if they'll just believe. Well done, good and faithful servant. Well done. On this day, we will stand before God with all that we have done and accumulated. Let's start planning on that day now. Let's start working on that day now. Maybe this morning you came in here, and it's real easy, and especially in our society today, I think it's real easy to miss what you should happen here this morning. This is an example. There is one priority, number one thing that you should have happen, that you should accomplish every single Sunday. You need to do it every day, but right now, corporately in this worship, it's the number one thing that should happen during this hour. If you thought that was to decide whether or not you liked the music and you were going to judge, didn't Zora do a good job this morning? Huh? 
I like it. But that wasn't the main thing. I didn't come just to hear Zora sing. But I like it. But it wasn't the main thing for me to figure out whether or not that was the best thing. That wasn't why I came here. Maybe this morning you said, well, I can't. why do you go to church? Well, I like to see my friends. I want to connect with them. Good thing, not the main thing. It wasn't even nearly as important. Maybe you felt it's my obligation. That's a good thing. Good habit wasn't the main thing was to put into your time. Please don't miss this. It's been happening all morning. And you may have missed it. God had a word for you. He, you came here. He had something to say to you. It's real important. And if you'll focus in on him and you'll worship him and you'll make him bigger than those lies and you'll seek that truth, he's going to speak. It's, it's, it's why I, I, in, in all my years of preaching, I've discovered something. People, people will come up to me and they'll say, you know, Pastor, I, I really got a lot out of the sermon. And I'll say, that was great. Tell me what you got out of it. And more times than not, what they tell me, I didn't say. I didn't say anything about that. You know what I know happened? God spoke to him. When you come here, you come here to hear from him. If you'll get up every single day and you'll say, Lord, I, I just want to hear from you. He'll speak. Oh, and he has a lot to say in this still, quiet voice. And, and you say, well, Pastor, I'm not sure I, I, would know, I would know how to hear that. Okay, I'm going to tell you real quick. This is how you do it. When you get up and you read Scripture, okay, and, and, and you need to do this every day, you get up and you read Scripture, and in the reading of that Scripture, something's going to stand out. You're going to say, well, I never saw that before. Or, wow, boy, I really needed to hear that today. Wow, that's real. I, that touches me. Okay, so then what happens to me, because I know who God is, I begin to change the way I listen to stuff. I, I, I begin to say, now wait a minute, that's not God's voice. That, that's not truth. I, not, shut that down. I, God, speak to me. And the more mature you become in listening to God and the word of God, the more mature you become in recognizing God's voice in multiple ways, not only in scripture, but in music, in creation, what other people are saying. You begin to discover that God's with you all the time. He said he would never leave you or forsake you. And you begin to discover that he's your constant guide against all that overwhelming torrent of lies that is coming at you all day long. You begin to find the voice of hope. You begin to find the voice of truth. And he begins to speak to you. And you go, well, that's the light I'm going towards. That's the voice I want to hear. That's the truth. There's always going to be those people who are going to say, I'm going to remember every bad thing. There's always going to be those timid, scared souls that are too afraid of the truth to want to understand it or do anything with it. You're going to have to be around them. I wish you didn't, but you got to be. They're too afraid to be unselfish. They're too self-absorbed to hear any other words. They want to be critics of those who want to live different, but I tell you, they don't count I tell you what they do is gaining nothing. 
I tell you, the one in the man in the arena, from what the president used to say, that's the one that counts. The one who dares to reach out and say, I will try even if it means i got to go places I don't want to go. I will do things even if it means I don't want to do them. I will continue to try. There's going to come a day a trumpet's going to sound. It's going to come overwhelmingly and you're going to hear it. And all of God's children are going to disappear in just, just a flash. On that day, all the lies die. The people of the earth will look up into the sky one day, and they're going to see Jesus mounted upon a white horse, and he's coming. A sword in one hand and a spirit of truth written on his thigh, and he's coming to kill the lies. You don't have to wait for that day. You can do it now. You can kill those lies today. We're going to take communion. I'm going to ask the worship team to come up. Now, this communion that we're going to take is a very personal thing. This communion is for people who love Jesus. If you say, I'm not sure I love Jesus, I don't know that I have a saving name, I'm, we'll just simply ask you just to let it pass by because this is for God's children. But I'm going to ask you to do some things. As you get these elements, I'm going to ask you to, one, ask God to show you lies that you believe. You've been carrying them around for a long time. You've been thinking them over and over again. Ask God to show you those. And then ask God to give you the power to overcome those lies with his truth. Now, you're going to need the Holy Spirit's help to get this done. You, you, you can't have mind over matter. You can't do this by yourself. You're going to need help. You're going to need the presence of the Holy Spirit. You're going to need to pray and ask Him. And then God's probably going to put somebody in your life. You know, we got all kinds of small groups and ministries here. But you need someone that understands what it means to be encouragement and forgiveness. You need that person because they're going through the same thing. You need someone to pray with you. I'm going to ask you to ask God to show you who that person is this morning. And as we take this time of communion, we will do what we came here to do. We will hear from God. For he is about to speak to his children if they will listen. Heavenly Father, you are the Lord God Almighty stand with the truth there's an overwhelming battle of lies that we have to overcome we need your help it's just that true it's just flat right out we need your help we're going to have to face this every day father show us teach us how to connect with you we ask you to show us the lies empower us to overcome and then show us our help the truth and the life. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you for watching this message from Sherwood Oaks Christian Church. Did you know you can view any message from the past six years at socc.org slash messages? You can also view complete worship services from the past month at socc.tv.